Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Health, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. I'm Lena Lahire, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, best-selling author, and psychology student at the University of Calgary. I'll be discussing topics that range from nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and everything in between so you can feel confident in how to move towards better health physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get into our topic for the day. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Joining me on the podcast today is my friend Jesse Bolt. Jesse is a Muay Thai coach with a brown belt in Bang Muay Thai. He's an MMA fighter, full-time van lifer, dog dad, and host of the podcast Nomadic Ninja. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You know, it's really crazy. I was thinking about it. We've known each other for like close to 15 years, hey? It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute since high school. I, I've kind of been following your your journey, and it's been it's been cool watching you kind of blossom into your own individual as well, like with the the fitness and the podcast and and the optimistic lifestyle. So it's it's pretty cool watching your growth. Yeah, yeah. So to all the listeners, Jesse and I went to high school together, and we weren't super close in high school. We definitely hung out with the same group of people, but it wasn't until after high school where we became friends and then I moved to Calgary and and we kept in touch virtually or sometimes hung out when I would come home and it's really interesting the people that you keep in contact with that you don't necessarily think that you're going to after high school hey yeah pretty much everybody that I hang out with now I didn't hang out with in high school like uh like I still you know love Daniel Sedgwick and Aaron Simbalisti and the guys that I hung out with in high school but you know we kind of each just find ourselves a little bit and you, you steer in different directions and then you end up just meeting different people so the people yeah. I hang out with now are just kind of in proximity of the things that I do every day Daniel's a cop I don't really <laughs> do that thing so we don't hang out too often <laughs> yeah does he still live in Edmonton uh no he's in Saskatoon now he's a he's a city cop so he he, he uh he bugs me every now and then when I'm sleeping in the van. He'll roll up behind me and turn the sirens on and talk some shit. But, <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. He's a goofball still. So why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background history about you, um, how you came to do martial arts, why you live in your van, what that whole situation looks like. Like, Tell us the steps that led you there. Well, there's many steps. but um, yeah, basically, I, I I didn't decide to do the van life and like really kind of change my life drastically until I was probably 29. I think I, I kind of ended up selling everything. But um, the road that got me there was just, uh, you know, one not I don't want to say bad decision, but I, I was very lost and I just kept kind of moving forward. And I ended up just really kind of putting myself in that rat race. And, and I felt um just overwhelmed with, you know, information overload bad jobs bad relationships um you know if you kind of picture like a ship leaving shore sometimes in life it's just one degree that you need to change like maybe you need to change your diet and that's all you needed in your life to really help boost it or or maybe you need just a new relationship and i kept doing those slight degree changes but nothing ever really brought me that fulfillment that i was looking for um and so for my ship, it wasn't one degree, like I needed to go full 180. I was literally heading to the wrong continent. So I, I needed to do a 180. And the way that I would do that was 
by completely changing my life and giving my mind um, that calm state where I could actually think and process things and understand myself more. So once I kind of realized that the ship was heading in the wrong direction, I, I sold everything and, and just kind of jumped into this lifestyle. But, um, you know, even with martial arts, I got into martial arts when I was probably 15, I think was the first time I did kickboxing. And um, that's always kind of been my rock in life. That was kind of the thing that I, I developed a lot of life lessons through, you know, overcoming obstacles, um, you know, all that self-improvement stuff. But um, even that got lost amongst all the chaos when I was in the rat race making money. I was so fixated on on having things and, and building my bank account and kind of living this life that wasn't really fulfilling. So I even stepped away from martial arts for like four or five years in my 20s. Um, so then when I lost that rock and I was pursuing the wrong things, uh, you know, depression kicked in, anxiety kicked in. And, um, just that feeling of being scattered was really killing me inside. So at 29 years old, you know, it's, it's a, I'm a late bloomer, but I was, I was happy to finally have made that decision that I, I needed to really step back and view my life, um, with that calm mindset. So sold the house, got rid of the truck, the credit card, everything and um, moved into the van full time. And it's been the best thing I've ever done in my life. So here we are. It's been just under two years full time in the van. And um, I teach full time. I fight, uh, make money doing that. So it's, it's been good uh, ever since I made that choice. That must have been really liberating, hey, to just like sell everything, to kind of stray away. Or uh, I don't even like to say stray because it's almost like evolving from societal norms right well, like it, it's yeah. not necessarily like straying it's it's finding yourself yeah and it's funny like you know ryan toman he's he's a really close friend of mine and he um i would always express it to him when i still own my house and i was still in the rat race i'd always tell him how badly i wanted to do this and that i you know one day i pictured myself living in a van being like this long-haired ninja and i'd always like express this vision that i had in my head and at the time i had no beard no hair and i was just pissed off and i'd always go to his house and kind of vent a little bit and um you know fast forward here i am this long-haired bearded guy living in a van and, and being a ninja so it's kind of funny that i i finally had that vision you know kind of beginning beginning with the end in mind i had the vision first and then i just kind of created it through you know, step by step, day by day. But one thing that Ryan did say was that a lot of people might judge what you're about to do. And they might think that, oh, look at Jesse, poor guy, he's taking steps back in life. But Ryan, you know, being my close friend and knowing me well, he saw it as 10 steps forward, you know, so and, and I did too, I really felt that. And that's why I was able to do it without worrying about what other people were thinking. I knew where my head was at. I knew the vision that I had. So there wasn't any judgment that was going to stop me and the judgment did come, but I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely see it as a step forward as well. And, you know, like I came to this realization to a few years ago, maybe a couple of years ago. Um, my husband, Kevin lost his job in the downturn mm. and it was so nice to have him home and to not like be caught up in buying things. And I was like, all of that stuff doesn't make me happy at all. And just being with him made me happy and just having relationships made me happy. Um, so I really applaud you for 
the life that you've chosen. I think more people would find fulfillment if they learn to let go of those monetary items that they think is, is making them happy because it, it's not. Well, and look where we are now. And I'm sure people are getting a forced wake up call um, with the whole pandemic and losing their jobs. And, um, you know, thankfully that I've, I did this just on my own accord without having to get forced into it. But I think now people are understanding like, oh shit, like I think my spending habit, habits were way out of whack. Like totally. I, I heard a, a, a statistic that it was like 90% of North Americans are $400 away from not making their payments. And so you can only imagine how many people are, are losing their shorts right now and, and having to sell their house or having disputes with their husband and wife. And so um, I think this is going to be a big wake up call for the type of spending habits that people have developed over the years when things are good because things aren't always good. Like life, life uh, is a great teacher and it punches us in the face over and over again. And it's kind of how you handle those punches that, that decides your character. So I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of people get a, you know, a big life lesson on, on spending habits, but um, yeah, it's, it's just sucks when it's forceful. <laughs> yeah. So what, when you said that, um, you were unhappy before, like what were some of the main turning points for you and realizations where you knew that you weren't happy and you wanted to change things? Like what were those kind of pivotal moments? I think it was, I, I started realizing that like, like I said at the beginning, when your ship leaves the shore and you're changing one degrees and, and nothing seems to be helping. Um, I kept feeling that like I, I would switch job after job. Like I did everything under the sun, whatever I could do, I did it. And just nothing brought me fulfillment and then relationships as well. I was kind of in and out of relationship. There was, there was one big one that it was a long-term one that really kind of, um, it didn't crush me like, like my heart, like, like a, it wasn't like a love thing. It was just like, um, and I don't even want to say wasted time. I just, I didn't know myself and I, I hung in there too long. And um, that really kind of set me back and frustrated me. Um, so I think it was just the accumulation of, of these little choices that I was making that I thought were going to help and it never did. And it just kept getting more and more frustrated, um, frustrating for me. And, uh, you know, I actually read a book that was the, probably the biggest game changer and probably the most impactful book I've ever read, uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frank. It's, um, he was a Holocaust survivor and a psychiatrist. and um, he talked about the power of purpose and that was a word that I never really threw around. I didn't really understand, you know, in my teens or in my twenties, you know, until I think I read the book when I was like 27, you know, so it was like two years before I did the van life, but the idea of finding a purpose and having meaning in your life um, would help bring meaning to your everyday actions. And that's what I was lacking. Mm -hmm. Every action I did, everything I did had no meaning to it. I was like, what am I doing? Like I, I don't have any vision in my head. I'm not going in any particular direction. I just feel lost and scattered. And once I read that book and he really talked about the power of purpose and the power of controlling your mind, no matter the circumstance. I mean, this guy's, you know, surviving the Holocaust. And he said that he felt more free than the prison guards themselves because in his mind, yeah, like he just people, like he saw people getting killed left and right. Like he was on like half a bread a day, but yet in his mind, he wanted to write this book, Man's Search for Meaning, and that was his purpose. That's what was fueling him. But for the people that saw their whole family die, they had no more purpose anymore. So they would limp when maybe they shouldn't have, or maybe if they would have, maybe if they didn't see their wife get killed, they would have had the, the strength and the, the meaning and the purpose to stand tall and to keep marching. 
So the, the book was very powerful at the time that I read it and it just really sizzled in my mind what purpose meant. And so I was just, you know, I was trying to find that purpose and I, I need to do that. I needed to get rid of everything so I could think clearly. And, uh, here we are. <laughs> I'm definitely going to give that book a read for sure. It's good. It's a good one. There's a, I, I read a Tim Ferriss book and he interviews, it's called a tribe of mentors and he interviews like 130 hi highly successful people. And he asked them all the same 11 questions and there's like a reoccurring theme. But one of the questions is, uh, what is one of your favorite books and what book have you lent out the most? And so many of them, uh, said man search for meaning. So it's, it's pretty impactful book, especially like during these hard times. I mean, you're, you're reading from a guy that survived the Holocaust. Like it's, this doesn't get any worse than that. So to, to read an example of like that, yeah, it was like, okay, well, if this guy can control his thoughts and his minds and really have that kind of mind power then I, I'm going to listen to this guy and then follow suit. Mm -hmm. I also think too, you know, um, we're kind of forced to be on social media now, which has some ups and, and downs associated with it. Obviously the increase of being online and the distance that we have from one another does affect our mental health because we're relational beings. Like we're created to have, relationships in proximity as well like it's it's not the same um but i think that if we're being mindful and intentional about consuming the proper media right now um that will make all the difference because this isn't going to last forever yeah. but it could last for a couple more months yeah yeah and that's the beautiful thing with the unfollow button <laughs> you know it's a mm -hmm. it's a simple click away and you know there's a reason that I, I don't watch the news all the time. Like I'm, I stay relevant, but I usually get my information from podcasts where they're a little bit more playful. It's a real discussion. There isn't an agenda. It's not all toxicity and just like, you know, vomiting all the, you know, death tolls day in and day out. And then, you know, so I, I try to limit what I'm taking in and, and just think about creating content more than consuming it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I like to be educated still. Like I want to know what's going on with the virus and what I can do to do my part, but, yeah. but then I'm done. I don't need to, I don't need to hear stats on how many people died. I don't need to hear about hospitals filling up. Just tell me what I need to do with my part. And then I'll just continue doing my thing and, and trying to, sh you know, shed light in a dark time, you know, just keep doing my kickboxing thing and walking Layla and, and being a dumbass online. So <laughs> <laughs> amazing. So what, um, Tell me about, tell us about van logistics, because I'm sure everyone's wondering, like, how do you go about living in a van? Like, you got a pretty pimped out van. It's it's not like some shaggy van. Like, you, it, it's pretty dope, right? You know, it's funny. Like, I, I have a an aesthetically pleasing van. Like, it looks nice. But as far as functionality goes, it's one of, like, the bare minimum. Like, I, like a lot of people, like, I mean, you can see here, like, I'm 6'1", and this is me sitting up straight. Like it just, you know, <laughs> so, you know, posture is a big thing. I have certain areas in the van where I can sit up straight. Um, but like, I don't have a shower, a bathroom. I don't have running water. I don't have a fridge, a freezer. Um, even my heater kind of sucks ass. So yeah. there, there's a lot of things that aren't like, you know, up to par with the typical Instagram van lifer, but it works for me. I've, I've been going on two years and, and as long as it looks nice and cozy, that's all I really needed. I, I know I can get through you know, whatever I need to, to get where I want to go. So, um, this is the van I could afford at the time. So I, I spent $1,800 on it. I put like two grand into it and, um, 
yeah, the rest is history. Saves me from paying mortgage and rent and all that stuff. But, um, you know, as far as groceries go, I have one cooler and I have to get groceries probably like once, you know, after seven or eight days, I have to get groceries because I can only store so much. Um, the gym has been kind enough when it's like minus 30 and minus 40. Um, like I do, I have an electric heater that I plug in and then that helps a lot. Um, I use their bathrooms, which is nice. Like they, they allow me access to the gym so I can use their bathrooms, but, um, you know, the coffee cups really help with going pee pee, but, uh, number two, I need a, I need a bathroom. So, you know, if I'm, if I don't have the gym, which like, again, when I was traveling, I, I drove down to Los Angeles and I didn't always have that gym access. So I would always like roll into a city. And if I saw like a gas station or a, a McDonald's or something that's open a lot, I would just try and sleep in close proximity. Cause every now and then you'll wake up with that morning, uh, bathroom Earth. scene. And, like, you panic like it's like you gotta go now so, <laughs> yeah there's a few there's some struggles with it but you know the the struggles with van life are far better to me than the struggles that I had in my old life so I'll take having to hold my poop and run to a McDonald's yeah. than you know having to deal with all the stress that happened all my house and the truck and all that stuff so yeah that's amazing so so like what do you do for food how do you because you're really fit um for those of you that don't know jesse is extremely fit extremely dedicated yeah um (laughs) how do you like what do you eat how do you prepare food in a van you know i have a um i just have like a two two burner propane stove so like those little green um those little green propane canisters you get it like canadian tire so that's how i you know um that's my oven or my, you know, my stovetop. But I, uh, it's funny, like when I had my house and had access to like a full kitchen, I I ate a lot more meat. And I, I'm a big believer that I think good quality meat is very healthy for you. I've, I've never been big on, you know, and again, I'm not telling people what to eat, but for me having animal products really benefited me, you know, when I'm hard training, I needed proper recovery, but with the van life, it's a, it's a pain in the ass when you don't have running water and, and all that stuff to clean. So the meat was just like, it, it, for one, it would kind of plaster up my whole van of like that, that meat stench and like it would really kind of linger. Yeah. Um, but then like pots and pans I was struggling with. So I, I ended up really kind of dialing back and I eat a lot of eggs, like a lot of egg dishes. I find that that's really easy to clean. Um, so I do like eggs and then I just load uh-huh. vegetables in there, anything I can really damn TikTok. I thought I shut everything off. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just like eggs, garlic, onions, every single day I have egg wraps. Um, and that's, that's kind of the majority of like what my supper would be. Yeah. I don't, I don't eat breakfast. I, I've, I haven't eaten breakfast in probably 10 years. Um, I, I did butter coffee every morning for about eight years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just recently I started just doing like heavy full cream and a bit of honey in my coffee. And, uh, but yeah, still, I don't, I don't eat breakfast. I, I probably eat my first meal around like 2 PM. And then I have one big meal in the night, which is the egg dish. And then I might have like some kind of snack at nighttime, but that's about it. More the IF kind of protocol. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. IF, what is that? Intermittent <laughs> fasting? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I do. But yeah, that's uh, the intermittent fasting. I really do enjoy it's It always kind of just makes my stomach feel better. If I'm eating every two hours, it's not good. So um, I've kind of adjusted accordingly to the to the van and just my lifestyle. Yeah, I I definitely uh, tend to follow more of that kind of regime as well. Like I'm not 
I, I don't really believe that you need to eat every three hours. Like your muscles isn't going to disappear. Your metabolism isn't going to go down. Like quite yeah. on the contrary, like there's a lot of benefits to going periods of time without eating. Obviously, if you struggle from an eating disorder, that's one thing, right? Like that can be a trigger. But for a lot of people, um, not having that like constant need to have that fear like they have to eat all the time and just being more natural with it. Yeah. And that's the big thing with me. Like my whole lifestyle is based on simplicity. So like I don't want to have to weigh out all my portions and like on like clockwork, eat all the, you know, every two hours. It's just like it's too much. Like humans can get through a whole lot. Like somebody just sent me a message about like what we used to do to like um uh like we walk from Russia to North America, like across like when there was ice across there, that was like thousands of miles and they were like on half a ration and so like humans can get through a whole lot more and yet here we are in north america most people think eat every two hours and we have one of the most unhealthy places in the world and i think fasting in other cultures is a lot more common and um you know i, I think it's making a comeback i think a lot of people are talking about intermittent fasting and, and how beneficial it can be so um, and now again, with this pandemic, I think people are going to be adjusting a little bit with how much they're consuming and, and how much they were eating out before. And so hopefully this, you know, kind of um, helps create some some smarter choices in the end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so is van life a forever thing? Like, what does that like? What what do you think about like the future and, and what that could look like? Well, it's it, probably not forever, but um, I got another couple years in me for sure. Um, it'll be two years uh, in May. But um, now that I kind of have a, a purpose in mind and I have a clear vision of where I'm going, um, it's not going to be forever. Like for some reason I have in my head that one day I would like to have like a kind of like an open concept loft, like as far as like living in, like I kind of want that simple concept again, but in a in an actual, you know, um, loft condo style of thing. But, um, right now I'm, I'm seeking to, I want to run my own gym eventually. Um, you mm -hmm. know, so open up my own gym. So that's kind of a, a, the bigger goal in mind. That's where I'm heading right now. So I'm just going to continue teaching martial arts, teaching kickboxing and, and fighting and kind of building my record up, building my bank account. And then once I'm, once I feel ready, I'll, I'll make all those moves, but, um, I'll live in the van for as long as I need to, to, to get where I want to go. So, um, I, I got years left in me. I, I still really enjoy it, which is the funny thing. Like it's, it's been two years and, and even this morning, like walking Layla, I was still like, fuck, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, so I still, it brings me a lot of joy still. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mind doing it for a few more years for sure. It's kind of like permanent camping, hey? Yeah. I mean, like it, it makes me feel more human. Like I feel like alive. Like I feel like the olden days, like when I wash dishes, I have to like boil water. I have to like put the pot on and like, I don't have a dishwasher. I don't have that stuff. So like sometimes I'll just lick the fork and put it back. Cause I'm the only one. <laughs> if something is like, you know, actually caked on, I got to boil water and you know, it's, it does make me feel like I'm kind of camping, but also like a little bit, um, not barbaric but like just human like i don't have all those comforts that we are so attached to so sometimes i just feel like alive you know probably gives you quite a a sense of humanity as well because like you said we're so comfortable in the west but that's not how a lot of places in the world are like they're they're not comfortable and they live in mud huts and and the slums and right like we're so comfortable. 
it, it's funny like it's not funny i mean it's kind of sad in a way but when you see people like you know going to the grocery store and they're like go oh, what the hell like my gluten-free pasta's not here like the you know the perfect kind of sauce that i wanted isn't here it's like hey welcome to the rest of the world like <laughs> it's like you, you know some things aren't always going to be there like some people are like oh yes like a clean glass of water finally like that's where their mind is and so here we are you know sure it's might be a little bit scary and unknown but we're so attached to getting every little ingredient that we want to make the perfect dish and it's like well welcome to the rest of the world and and again i i it sucks to have to be forced into these lessons but that's what life is you don't learn when things are comfortable and easy you know like the the biggest lessons i've learned in martial arts is when i got my ass kicked in, in front of everybody that i know and love and got embarrassed and humiliated at least in in my eyes like my mom hates those terms like she knows how much heart, like even when you win or lose, it's just like, ah, you didn't lose. And I'm like, yeah, I did, mom, I lost. You know? <laughs> Sometimes the, the lessons in life that we learn, they have to be forced, and they have to be challenging. So hopefully this is kind of one of them that just helps our perspective and not be such, you know, needy, whiny North Americans. And, and majority of us are good, but, you know, obviously some people need a lot of work and in, in how comfortable they're, they're getting with this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I love uh, one of my friends mentioned, she said, I love how this has put everyone on the same level. Like yeah. it really doesn't matter what position you hold or how prestigious you think that you are like disease knows no bounds, right? Like anyone can have it, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Like it's put everyone on the same level. And I think that's one of the positives that we can take out of it. Yeah. And it's a and it's a global thing too with an invisible enemy. You know, there's not like a, a a Hitler that we can point the finger at and and go to war with. It's like this. It's like it's like the same thing if aliens were to invade, the mm-hmm. world would get together to fight the the outside enemy. And now it's like this virus. So the whole world is like, what are you guys doing to stop this thing? What are you doing? We're all like communicating, trying to stop this invisible enemy. So it's kind of a again, it's one of those shitty lessons to have to learn but it it might be a really valuable lesson and kind of bring the whole globe together instead of like pointing the finger and like we're gonna kill you and we're gonna go to war with you it's like well no this is a virus you know we gotta fight the virus together so hopefully it's gonna be a nice global lesson for everybody yeah i wonder how it's gonna change the organization of work just with everyone being online now and how many things can get done like how many jobs can be accomplished online yeah and it's kind of a you know my coach it's funny because I'm parked outside my gym right now like I haven't moved in you know like a week and a half or something and he teaches the the online like live classes so like I follow along outside while he's inside and every time he comes out we kind of have like a a little chat and stuff just because we we used to be so close and now it's like we got to keep our distance but he was saying how you know, we're almost like losing what it is to be human um, in some ways where it's like there's no more contact. Like we can't hug and shake hands and, and that physical contact, like even in martial arts, like it's it's part of the thing. Like every time we roll, we do like a little slap bump. And then after each class, the whole class like gives these little bows and a hug. And just that alone is like, I miss that. Like I miss like bowing and like hugging my the people that I'm training so hard with. So there's, there's like really good aspects of it, but it's also kind of like you really realize what that human touch can do. 
even if it's just friend on friend, like, you know, it's like half these guys are full grown bearded men and they're all hairy and sweaty, but like, I miss hugging them, you know? So it's, it's really kind of uh, shedding a light on, on, you know, losing some of those human traits that we, we know and love and, and sometimes forget that we know and love them. Yeah. That's so interesting that you brought that up. I was just telling Kevin, um, it was so nice. My sister and my nephew who like we would babysit every other Friday. I obviously haven't gotten the chance to babysit him in a little bit. He's four now. And they came over to drop off some cupcakes and like not being able to hug them was so heart wrenching. Cause I'm a hugger. Like, and just like not having, yeah, like that touch or hug or high five, or just like you, you start to become afraid of, of touching people when touch is something that is just so ingrained in us to do and, and to receive. Yeah. Especially when somebody does something like nice for you. It's uh-huh. like a, like a simple thank you with your mouth just doesn't feel good enough. You know, it's like I, I dropped my mom off. She went up north. Um, <laughs> like it's my own mom and, uh, you know, she's going to be in contact with other people there. And I, I was in contact with people. So like I dropped her off and we did like an air hug and she was like, so choked, you know, cause it's like, she so, might not see me for like a little while. And it's just like, damn it. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you, you really do miss those, those simple interactions. So maybe even that's another big thing that people will get a little bit better at is like holding the door open for people more often and shaking hands and hugging people and, you know, I'm sure it'll all get lost once everything goes back to normal. It'll be like one week of awesomeness. And then we're all just going to be like, rat race, go. <laughs> They're so fickle. They just forget things right away, don't they? I know. I know. I, I heard a quote one time. It was, uh, we're, we're not quite there, but it was a really impactful quote. It was like, uh, humans won't change until we're on the brink of extinction. And, um, you know, this, this might not be brink of extinction, but, you know, it, it, might be close in some areas and sometimes humans are stubborn like we need to literally be like holy shit like our species is about to die maybe we should change you know and I don't know what kind of impact this this will have but you know that quote does kind of enter in my head once things like this happen I'm like maybe we'll change our ways a little bit and I don't even know what the right way is I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody really does we're all just trying to wing it and survive and do our best but um, hopefully there's some positive change out of this yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Like maybe some characteristics are becoming extinct. I am I'm really excited in the spring I'm taking a sociology course about mass media and communication and how that impacts our life, but I've long felt like I know for me personally, I'm not happy when I'm constantly online and virtually connected and I know you and I are virtually connected right now. A, because we need to be with COVID and, and B, because we don't live in the same province. Right. Um, but, you know, it really impacts people's mental health. And I think we need to be reminded, and maybe this is a big reminder that we can't live our life online. Like if that's not how we're meant to live. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, like I, this book that I'm reading right now, um, it's called uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I stand yeah. Have you read it or no? Yeah. It's a, it's a really good one, but it, the, the part that really kind of stuck out to me so far, I'm about three quarters done. So I'm not quite finished, but um, the beginning, one of the chapters, it talked about being uh, dependent, independent, and then interdependent. 
Yeah. And, you know, obviously dependent when you're like a baby and you need help with everything. And then everybody wants to be independent. And that's kind of the term now. But I never really understood what interdependent meant. And now I'm, I'm it really kind of shed a light on that. So now I'm really thinking like, so there's stages. You start out dependent and then you're independent. But then how to really blossom into your true self and reach your true potential is to be interdependent and learn how to work with others. And that means having those difficult conversations. And that means like collaborating with people and connecting with people and not always just on, you know, uh, online and virtually, but like in person and have those tough discussions. But, um, you know, that, that kind of seems to the stage where I'm finally in, in my thirties where I'm like, Hey, I need to, I need to start like collabing with people and connecting with people on like a deeper level to really try to not just in a selfish way, reach my potential, but also help others and kind of connect with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just talking about being, you know, I think a lot of people have this idea of being independent. And so we're able to just latch onto a screen and just kind of build our empire in our own little tunnel vision. But I think, you know, what this book is saying, the key to being effective and successful is to actually build those relationships and have quality relationships in person and online. Like, I mean, you and I, we live in different cities, so this might all, all that we have, but at least our phones are away, even though my fucking thing keeps, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you know, at least we can have like a proper hour long conversation where shit, sometimes even in my everyday life, I wouldn't have that with friends. Like if sometimes Ryan will pop in for like a micro visit, like 15, 20 minutes and then he's gone. And I love that. But Mm -hmm. I, I love podcasts where it's like phones away and you actually get to connect with someone and, and, and talk back and forth for like a long period of time. And that seems to be like a human art that is getting lost. Totally. Yeah. Like long format conversations. Like sometimes when I watch the news, I just want to slam my head into the van and just be like, what is happening? It's like, they ask like this, like really intense, like how should we solve this pandemic? 30 seconds go. And you're like, <laughs> that's not a 30 second answer, man. And then they're interrupting each other. And it's like, Oh man. So I I love the podcast and I love that you started your own too, because you get to really get into the meat and potatoes and that depth that people are looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I love about podcasts is that uh, it's not visual and you have to listen to the words and, and the nuances and you're not just looking at a snapshot in like, that that doesn't that only shows one small portion of someone's story and you know like it can be so um sinister to be constantly consuming images that are false like it it's just this um one of my teachers my professors that he calls it hyper reality where it's not real right like these things that we're seeing aren't real they're just snapshots and they're being socially engineered for us to consume and to have these unrealistic standards right yeah and again that that uncensored podcast format is what and and it's funny like a lot of the i think the old thinking was like ah people don't have time for that they don't want to listen to that but then here's joe rogan he has the biggest platform in the world right now Mm -hmm. and his podcasts are three hours long Like I listen to them all. Like I I tune into like almost every single one of them. And so I think, yeah. And I think people are are longing for that. They're getting so sick of that mainstream media format. So I I think people are um, underestimated when, you know, you always hear that. uh, That's why Instagram is like one minute clips, 15 second clips, these quick little snippets. And visually I, I don't mind that but when I'm actually listening to something like I'll play a podcast for six hours in a day you know I, I, I 
long for that long format. I want to hear like truly understand where someone's coming from and really listen to their story and different perspectives. And that's what you get in long format podcasts. Mm-hmm. With I think your podcast, do, you, do you have, do you have a lot of guests on? You're my third guest. Okay, nice. What, what do you, what do you like more having guests or do you like solo ones? I like having guests. Do you? Yeah, I really do. Like when I have a topic that I want to discuss um, and I'm really passionate about it, then I don't mind that. But I like the longer format as well. So I mean, like to me, half an hour isn't enough. Like when I'm listening to a podcast, I'll go on like a 75 minute walk. And that's my opportunity to catch up on my podcast and to just like listen to people talk. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah, that's what I'm kind of going through that right now where I, I find that I enjoy both. Like I, I like having guests on, but I also like just having like a, like a verbal diary. Like sometimes I just want to spew some shit out and like hit record and, and go. So I'm like, I'm kind of in that position right now where I'm like, should I keep doing guests or just do solo or just kind of mix it up oh. a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Why not? There's no rules to this shit. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No rules at all. Um, so what 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 got you to start the podcast first of all um you know it's funny i uh growing up i was always a really bad communicator um i still am but it's something that i'm working at you know i um and no blame to my parents but they didn't always communicate with each other and with us that well because i think they were in kind of a like they divorced and i i think that the kind of the toxic relationship that they were in they just kind of suppressed themselves both. So there was no communication in my house. Um, and so when I graduated, I, I still kind of felt that even with like relationships, like I was always just butchering relationships that I was in. Like I was with like a lot of like really like nice women and like nice girls. And I, I just, I had trouble communicating, especially when it came to tough conversations. Layla, hey, chill out. Um, especially when it came to those tough conversations. So the the podcast was kind of intended for me to voice my uh, ideas, thoughts, opinions, maybe have guests on so I can learn how to communicate back and forth. So originally it was just to be a better communicator, like a better listener. Um, you know, everything that has to do with conversations, I wanted to get good at it. And um, so I just, I viewed it as that martial arts um, kind of mentality where I just, I knew I was going to start at a white belt and I just wanted to keep doing it. Um, and eventually get a stripe on my white belt, get a blue belt. And so I don't know what I'm at now. Maybe I got one stripe on my white belt, but I'll, I'll keep going. It's been over a year now. So yeah, the main goal is just to be a better communicator. Mm. Um, so you have a shifting focus to martial arts. You have a brown belt. Yeah. What, uh, I don't know what that means. So, uh, I train under, uh, sorry, I got to let my big horse in here. She's grabbing a drink. Yeah. Grab a drink and then get out of here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can, oh, you can't quite see her, right? Uh, yeah, so a brown belt in Bang Muay Thai, I, uh, I train under Dwayne Ludwig. He's, he's one of the best fighters and one of the best coaches in the world. Um, he's out of Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. I actually drove there in December, which is pretty cool. But yeah. um, I, I've been training martial arts for about like 10, 11 years. Um, but I've been training Bang Muay Thai for over five years. And uh, there's only two brown belts in Canada, and I'm one of them. So it's, there's pretty, it's pretty slim pickings for people that are high level bang Muay Thai practitioners. Um, so that's kind of my specialty, but, um, you know, I, I train everything that has to do with martial arts, pretty much boxing, 
kickboxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, and then I put it all together with MMA. Very cool. And how many fights have you done? Is it, would it be professional? Yeah. What is? Yeah, I'm, I'm four and two as a pro. So four wins, two losses. Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a two fight win streak right now. So I'm hoping to, I was supposed to be fighting like right now. They like, get out of here. That's enough. There's no more food in it. I was supposed to be fighting right now, but because of the, the, the virus, you know, it, it put a lot of our fighters on hold. So I'm just kind of just trying to stay in shape and stay active so that when this is all over, I can have a, have a fight again and keep the win streak going. Mm. That brings, um, that's a nice little segue. How are you keeping fit during this time? Mm. Um, I, uh, this is probably my, my, I'm at least patting myself on the back for this creativity, but I, I just, I strap my tie pads to the back of my van, like just ghetto. Like I didn't have to do anything. I, my tie pads already have Velcro straps and my, my door handle. And then I just, for some reason I had like a, like a Holy shit bar or whatever they're called, like on the back of my van. Yeah. So I just worked out perfectly. I strapped one tie pad here and then one here and I can, I can hit punches. I can, I, I can knee it. I can't really kick it, but I can pretty much do all the drills that I normally do like on a bag. Um, but just outside in my van and it was a little bit chilly, but it just, it didn't stop me. I just put long john sweatpants and I look like Rocky out there in my gray suit with my toque on. <laughs> so I've been doing that, uh, you know, and my head coach started doing live classes as well. So that's been keeping, keeping me and everybody else at the gym active. Um, and I, I go for runs and stuff like that. And I, I'm always walking Layla. So um, I, I've been staying in pretty good shape. Yeah. Walking is highly underestimated, isn't it? Yeah, big time. Especially like I, I got this big ass dog that she needs to get out of this, you know, luxurious kennel every now and then. So like I, you know, I'm I'm walking very often. Like you know, when life was normal and I was teaching and and training as normal and like going to you know Harry Bailey to shower and use my leisure pass and coffee shops, um, I would I would walk her before and after every time the van would move. So before I would move, I would take her for a walk go to a coffee shop, walker, go in the coffee shop. When I left walker. So it's just literally like in and out of the van, walking her in between my days. So, um, she's been in re- incredible shape since the van life as well, which a lot of people were not thinking that was going to happen. They thought like, Oh, a poor dog is trapped in the van. But with my lifestyle, I have so much free time that she walks like 10 K a day. Easy. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's actually been really nice to see is there's so many people actually like being active yeah it's funny it takes a pandemic for people to be like you know what it's time to start walking or running whatever it is Kevin went for a walk he's like yeah there's a couple doing some walking lunges down the street and yeah we can do this right yeah yeah and again it's like humans won't change until we're on the brink of extinction and you know I think a lot of people might have got a little bit of a health scare because at the beginning people were saying like that like all the experts were like um, you know, young people, old people, and then people that aren't healthy, like they're, you know, they're compromised. So I think a lot of people that were maybe, you know, overweight, not, not to body shame, but again, it's that, that's a major issue in our, in our, in the world, you know, obesity. And I've always kind of thought this where if I had like a close friend that was addicted to hard drugs, I, I would want to step in and, and talk to them and help them any way I could. But there's this weird thing where if you have a friend that has an eating problem and they're 400 pounds, now it's this kind of this weird thing where I don't want to offend them, but I know that their health is going in the toilets just like a meth addict. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, it's kind of a tough thing for me to, 
you know, sometimes I want to voice that a little bit more, but I, again, to each their own, but I'm hoping that this whole pandemic thing would help people just understand that health is wealth. And, you know, you can have all the money and all the things in the world, but if your health is gone, it doesn't matter. You know, it's none of it's, none of it matters. You can't enjoy your life. You can't enjoy the things, the fruits of your labor. So I'm hoping that health is, you know, ramped up because of this. Yeah. And also like, it doesn't take a million dollars to be healthy. Like you can do squats in your bedroom and, and go for a walk or do some burpees, right? Like there's so much you can do. Well, that's a good point. Like I saw your video where you're using like your kitchen countertop, like just as like kind of a, a stabilizer and you can do like, you know, leg extensions and all sorts of body workouts. Like I, I think, like you said, it's a lot of people think they need like this, you know, trainer that they're paying every single time with this nice fancy gym and they need their, their Lulu's on, they need to look fresh. And it's like, no man, put your sweatpants and, and get a sweat. Just do something, you know, do something. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's I've been love and seeing the creativity because of all this. Like it's, it's been insane. Like I, some of the people that I follow, I'm like, holy shit. Like now that people have time to like sit back, it's like, uh, like I, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, it was like a treadmill thing. People were putting like oil on their kitchen floor. Did you see that? Oh, it's genius. Like they, they put like a, uh, like cooking oil on their kitchen floor and then they would hold the counter like a treadmill and then they were just walking in a stationary spot, but their their feet were just sliding like a treadmill. It looks identical to the same motion as a treadmill. And I'm like, what the, like you could do that for an hour and you'd be soaked in sweat. So yeah, just seeing some of the creativity has been pretty cool. And I, I tend to just follow those types of people because, you know, again, it's a dark time, but here they are putting oil on their kitchen floor. They got techno music in the background. I'm like, yeah, you're my people. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, it's important um wrapping things up to really focus on the positives that are coming from this because there's so much fear so much negativity so much uncertainty and human beings we do not deal with uncertainty well but that's life right like our whole life is uncertain and i think um when we do feel certain about something it's it's usually an illusion because that can just be taken away from you in an instant um, and how to embrace that uncertainty and find proper outlets to yeah. embrace that uncertainty. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Exercise is a really great outlet for that. So a uh, couple more questions. What has martial arts taught you about yourself? Hmm. It's definitely taught me a lot of things, but I think it probably, it taught me how to fail. You know, it taught me how to how to lose properly and how to learn from losses. You know, again, we talked about it earlier, like, you know, this is a devastating thing with this whole pandemic and, and some people it will crush mm-hmm. um, financially, emotionally, physically. They won't come out of this well, but others will come out of it even better. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they're losing money, you know, there's certain people that have a rock solid mindset. And I think that fighting has done that for me. You know, it's one of the toughest things in the world to do. It's 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 right before actually killing someone so if you're in the in the military like that's intense or if you're a police officer and you're in a gunfight like that's the most intense fighting is next in line you know you're you're literally going in there with the intention of of doing serious damage like i'm i'm trying to stop his body from moving before he stops mine whether i choke him knock him out it's it's a brutal violent sport but there's a lot of lessons to be had um, and it's un- unpredictable, which so is life. So it's um, it's a great lesson just to learn 
about how to control chaos like life and then if you lose how to how to truly learn from your losses so even if you're starting a business and, and the business tanks and fails some people it will destroy them and others they'll rise from it they'll learn from it and they'll start another business and then they'll progress and get better and better and um so that was the one lesson but the other lesson was that starting something new just to view it in that uh martial arts mentality where um i'm okay with looking like a dumbass because i'm a white belt everybody at our gym when they first start they're a white belt when they throw a jab it's gonna look awkward it's inefficient they're using muscles that they probably shouldn't be using you know it's like you exercising like when you first show somebody like a certain position it might be a little bit awkward and clunky because they're a white belt but as they as time goes on and as you teach them more and more and they get their reps in all of a sudden you're a blue belt uh, you know a, a purple belt a brown belt a black belt and so forth so yeah it really taught me how to uh, lose and then it taught me how to look silly when i'm starting something new and be okay with it like a podcast yeah yeah i don't know if you knew this but i kickboxed for two and a half years oh shit nice yeah i i met this couple at the time um i'm still friends with the girl they're no longer together but he was her coach she fought amateur amateurly is that a word <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> There's no no rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, like, I, I definitely didn't fight as long as you had or, or even do anything professionally. Um, but for, like, the first three months, I would cry after every session because it just, like, exposed so much in you. And, and it really helps, helps you find yourself. Well, and that's, that's one thing I should have talked about too, is what it's, uh, martial arts is really good at dissolving the ego. And, um, you know, when I said at the beginning, when I took like four or five years off in my twenties and I, I, I left martial arts, I, I started like lifting weights a lot and I was, I was way bigger than I am now. Like I think 40 pounds heavier, Jeez. but it started getting to my head and what I was noticing. And this isn't everybody. Like I, I have some friends who lift weights and they're like fucking awesome people. Like I love them. Um, but then some people, their ego gets bigger and bigger because the bigger their muscles the tougher they think they are and then they all of a sudden get this this uh, uh, the illusion that their weightlifting is helping their fighting ability and then they start acting like a donkey at the bar and they're walking around with their chest up and just kind of being disrespectful and martial arts is a is a great way to dissolve that you know you can it doesn't care if you're a millionaire if you're broke if you're if you're jacked full of muscles if you're fat if you can fight you can fight and you'll find out real quick who can fight and who can't so the humbling aspect of martial arts is great too. Like even for me, like we all have egos and sometimes my ego will start climbing and like, I start thinking like I'm badass, and then my coach will beat the shit out of me. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still human. But, uh, you know, so the, the dissolving of the ego is another good lesson that martial arts has taught me, you know, losing in front of your friends and family, your teammates, your coaches, you know, in short shorts with all the lights are on you and you just get your ass kicked. It's, uh, it's a good way to dissolve that ego quickly. Mm. And then the second question, last question I have for you is what has van life taught you about yourself? That I love simplicity and um, you know, the, the simpler my life, the more focused I am on my purpose. And um, you know, once I kind of had that purpose and I, I stepped out of the rat race and I kind of got my, my, my lens focused on where I wanted to go. Um, everything else just kind of started making sense. 
if it didn't align with my purpose and where I was going, I, I didn't need it. So, um, you know, the van life, it almost just represented everything else in my life. Like this is a simple way of living. And so everything else, I just wanted to be simple. Like I have my, my morning routine. I have my small circle of friends, you know, I just, simplicity was key for me. Um, so that was something that really kind of, um, I've been learning from van life was that I just, I like simplicity too much chaos. And I start getting, I start getting like angry and just overwhelmed, scattered, depressed, you know, you name it, I'll, I'll start to feel it. So, um, the more clear my vision is the, the better I feel and the more meaning my everyday actions have. Mm -hmm. There's a really good quote that I come back to so many times. It's the more we obtain, the more we become a slave. Mm, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's that's what I was I was a slave to I don't even know what to the system you know I just kept attaining things and getting things and I just kept trying to fuel my ego or whatever it was and it just brought me nothing so yeah I, I like that it's it makes sense and some people like I've been reading a lot about finance some people have their particular thing that they like to treat themselves with like and it's okay to have a nice car or a nice place to live in for me, it's good coffee. <laughs> like, luckily for me, my thing is like coffee and not that expensive. So as long as I have good coffee, my dog's healthy, you know, and I'm making enough money to, to save every month and, and pay for all my, you know, expenses, I, I'm good. So again, with just some uh, simplicity. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to leave the listeners with one like little takeaway, what would you leave them with? Hmm. I don't know what your, uh, what your, you know, listeners are like and what they're into, but this is kind of a, um, the thing that helped me the most was to, if you're struggling in any way to have a purpose that will bring meaning to your life. So, um, I would suggest that if they don't really understand what that even means to pick up the book, man's search for meaning and, and give it a read by Vic, Victor Frank. Um, but, but the purpose, that idea, even just that word in my head, really help fuel this whole thing. And I know some from outside perspective, it might look like, Oh, I don't want to live like this guy lives in a van. But again, I think that there's a reason why I still smile amongst all this is because I do have a purpose, like everything I do in a day has meaning to it. And I think people don't want more things, they want more meaning. So when we don't have meaning, we want things. So I don't need things because my meaning and my purpose is rock solid. So if I could leave anything with your, your listeners, it would just be, um, if you don't have one already, find that purpose, find meaning, you know, your why, why are you waking up every day? Why are you, you know, going to work? Why are you talking to this person? Why are you in that relationship? So have that purpose rock solid and have that vision. So that's what I would leave. That is so good, Jesse. Like that, like that just motivates me as well. And I know that uh, whoever listens to this podcast, there's so much richness that that's coming out of this and what you're saying. So I'm I'm super pumped to have you on here. Can you let everyone know where to find you? Uh, yeah, Nomadic Ninja is kind of my my handle. Like on Instagram, I'm probably most active, where it's uh, Nomadic Nin uh, Nomadic underscore Ninja underscore YXE, um, and then my podcast, Nomadic Ninja YXE. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably it. Nomadic Ninja. You can search that up, and it'll come up. Just throw it in Google, and my dumbass will show up. <laughs> I'm all over the place. But yeah, before we, before we go, I just want to thank you for, uh, for one, having me on, but also, you know, doing a similar thing, what me and so many other people are doing and just kind of shedding light amongst darker times. And you're always doing really positive, 
uplifting informational um you know videos on i don't know if it's youtube but i, I keep seeing it on your instagram so it's just nice when i see people like you know it just seems like you have a purpose you have meaning you're trying to help people by sharing these videos and sharing things that you went through and whether it's you know disorders that you used to have but you're being very vulnerable and open and uplifting so um i thank you for that it's it's cool to watch from afar oh yeah it's 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 my pleasure and i have found my meaning um i think like you we're kind of in the same headspace where stuff just doesn't matter anymore and it's just it's really about relationships and about connection yeah love it that's awesome all right well thank you so much for being on the show and maybe uh we'll have you on again hell yeah thanks for having me see you okay. lena bye thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast i hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be don't forget to subscribe to my channel on iTunes and please leave me a review so we can get this message of better health out there. Have a great day and remember, you are powerful over your health.